Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Welcome to today's episode. It is a solo one where I'm going to be sharing with you some thoughts on how to stay connected in love. Now, staying connected in a romantic relationship is something that has been really um, taking up a lot of my brain space, I guess, over the last year or so. I am the first person to put my hand up and say I am no relationship expert at all. Like just, I'm not, but I am someone who is committed to bettering myself and learning about myself and also learning and understanding what it does take to feel confident enough to define what a successful relationship is separately from what society tells us a successful relationship is. So I will acknowledge that I am not the expert in staying connected in love. I'm not going to say to you, oh my gosh, I've been with one person for 20 years and I have all of the answers. I'm just going to say to you, I am someone who is committed and invested and wants to uncover as many helpful suggestions as possible that I guess, yeah, are going to be helpful for those of us who are in relationships or people that want to be in a relationship eventually. Because often falling in love, I was going to say that can be the easy part, but it's not. I think it can be hard to meet someone and fall in love. It's rare. But at first, in the early days of a relationship, staying connected does tend to come more easily because we're not weighed down with the rigmarole of everyday life and you kind of feel separate from all of the nuances of the everyday and everything feels so exciting and so meaningful. And over time, that changes. The limerence stage, it can't be sustained forever. And at the end of this episode, I'll share some books with you that I think are particularly helpful on this topic. But the reason I'm recording this episode is very simple. Kirsten from the Light Path Collective and I we sat down to record a series of episodes on the topic of connection. And when we scheduled in to do our recording on connection in romantic relationships, I got a little bit confused. Now, I don't know if that episode is going to go live or not. I'm waiting for some feedback from Jordan um, and Caitlin as to whether or not that's a helpful episode because we sat down and we kind of just went off on tangents. And before I knew it, we had moved from discussing connection in love to discussing connection in romantic relationships. And I think the reason we got confused was before we hit play, before we started recording, we both sort of said, oh, I think that we should 
you know, stick to talking about connection in romantic partnerships because connection in love is such a broad topic. You know, there's love that you have for your parents, love that you have for your children, for your coworkers, your friend, your friends, for your pets, love that you have for your work. There's so many different levels of love. So let's just stick to like romantic love. And in my mind, that meant the person that you're doing life with or the person that you're dating. But before I knew it, we were off on a completely different tangent talking about our connection to romance and what that means to us. And so we kind of went down the slippery slope of talking about our connection to this notion and this concept of what romance means to us as adults and what it meant to us growing up. So I finished that recording going, huh, I didn't quite touch on the things that I intended to. So I'll have to sit down and do a solo episode. And here we are. So first things first, I think to stay connected in love happily. One thing that often gets overlooked, but I think is so um, powerful and so simple is politeness, being polite to your partner. And it should be a bit of a no brainer, but all too often when we get so used to someone being in our space, we can take them for granted. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to, you know, taking your moods out or your daily stresses out on the people that are closest to you. It's a bit like when you have kids and they might be so, um, you know, well behaved in quotes at daycare and then they get home to you and they just lose their shit. And that's simply because they feel safe enough to do so. Sometimes when we're in our home environment and we feel so safe, we let our guard down And we stop being polite to the people that are really important to us. So I think that's the first point for a reason. You know, eye contact when someone enters the room, when they're talking to you, the tone of voice. We often are so much more polite to people outside of the house, people that we don't know. We use our manners. We're thoughtful. We give them the benefit of the doubt. But for some strange reason, and I think that reason is just familiarity and comfort, Sometimes we forget to keep extending that politeness, I'm going to use as an umbrella term, to the people that we're living and sharing life with. You know, it's so easy to get huffy and puffy and not look at someone when they're talking to you or, yeah, just take your frustrations out, but you wouldn't do it to someone that you don't know. And I think sometimes we need to check ourselves and be like, huh, am I being polite to this person who is voluntarily sharing their life with me. The second point is curiosity. And I have taken this from the extremely well-known, renowned psychotherapist, Esther Perel and author. She speaks a lot in her, I think it's like in her TED Talks, I definitely know in her podcast and her books for sure, about the importance of remaining curious when it comes to our partners. It's very tempting to think that we know them inside out. You know, we know what they're going to say. We know what they're going to do, how they're going to react. And you forget that they're changing as well. Your partners change. They go through different circumstances. Change happens with age. It happens with life experience. It's important to stop and ask yourself or ask your partner, more importantly, Who are they today? What are they interested in today? What are their top values right now in life? 
Because sometimes we get so familiar with the echo or the shadow of someone that we forget that they're evolving and changing too. And I remember when I spoke with Dr. Um, Wednesday Martin about desire in relationship. And she said to me, one of the number one killers of desire is domesticity. And that's obviously living together and the daily grind and all of that stuff. But it's also the familiarity. And so when we stop being curious about our partner, we begin to think that we are the authority. We know them inside out. They're not going to be able to surprise us. There's not going to be any excitement and it can become too familiar and dull. Whereas if we make ourselves stay curious about who they are, it reminds us that, you know, they're not, they don't owe us anything in a way and we don't own them and we don't know every corner of their mind they have their own thoughts and their own inner workings and their own changes happening and so we have to remember to pay homage homage I think that's how you say it towards their changes too to stop and check in with them there's a great book uh, by John Gottman who I just love called eight dates and it centers around going on eight conversational dates with your partner so that you can stay curious and stay connected. You can also buy date cards that have different scenarios on them, which might just spark a different conversation. But desire needs separateness. So staying curious um, and not assuming that we know everything is important. And just asking questions, asking their perspective on things can be really refreshing and bring about that sense of excitement and novelty that often does evaporate when you're with someone for a long time. My third point piggybacks off that one, and that is time apart, because time apart might sound counterintuitive when we're speaking of connection, because connection often means coming together. You know, it's two people making a decision to turn towards one another and be physically close or emotionally close. But time apart really can help accelerate connection and push you towards each other if it's done in the right amount, I guess, because there is a world, of course, when you spend too much time apart and it's hard to connect, you know, you're speaking completely different languages, so to speak. But if you are purposefully having time apart that enriches you as an individual, it's going to enrich you as a couple as well. It gives you a sense of self, a sense of autonomy, a sense of purpose. It also just gives you something to talk about when you come back together after time apart. You can share your reflections, your experiences. You've got stuff to talk about that you might not otherwise. It just can bring to the surface, another side of you that perhaps isn't being brought to the surface when you're with your partner. And again, I know I've spoken already about Esther Perel and I'm going to keep referencing her because she's incredible. If you want to learn about relationships, Google Esther Perel, listen to her TED Talks, listen to her podcasts, read her books. I think she's just a wonderful voice in the space. And I'm sure that you've all heard of her by now, but just on the off chance you haven't, I can't stress it enough. But Esther also talks about how we often end up relying on our spouse to be everything 
And that's just not the way it's meant to be. We need our own little villages. We need to separate so that we can come together with more passion and more intention and also just have that um, independence, which is so attractive. It's so attractive when you meet someone at the start. And I think that's part of what's so exciting at the beginning is this person is a whole person on their own and they don't need anything from you. So because they don't need anything from you, you want to be around them more. And so in a long-term relationship, it's important to keep carving out the time and space for your own autonomous activities. Esther has a quote that goes along the lines of, love rests on two pillars, surrender and autonomy. Our need for togetherness exists alongside our need for separateness. So just because you're spending time apart doesn't mean that you're taking away from your relationship. A relationship, In fact, it's adding to it again if it's done in moderation, I guess. <laughs> um, so another thing I wanted to just add in there is it's also really nice in your relationship to go along to social settings. And so that could be an event or it could just be out and about on date night where you get to see your partner through other people's eyes and Esther again she talks a lot about this like you just get so used to seeing your partner for who they are but then when you're out and about and you see them through the lens of someone else you know telling a funny story at a party or being really thoughtful or welcoming or clever or whatever it is all of a sudden you can be reminded of those things that first drew you in so get out and about with your partner as well, if that's an option for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The next one, physical touch. So hugs that last longer than 20 seconds produce oxytocin. Hug your partners properly. Again, it can just become this routine thing that you do. You know, it's a peck on the lips or a a quick kiss on the cheek and you just stop making out with your partner and when you're in a new relationship that's one of the best parts it's that making out it's that hunger it's that physical hunger for wanting each other and sometimes you know in relationships that spontaneous desire starts to wane and you have to rely on responsive desire not spontaneous which means you have to go out of your way to engage in those makeout sessions and those kisses and that physical touch and those long hugs, that skin on skin. But it's so good for us. And physical intimacy, you know, if you're not in an open relationship, if you are in an open relationship, it's a different conversation, which I'd love to have. If you're in an open relationship and you want to come on the podcast and chat with me about it, please do. I digress. But if you're in a relationship where you are physically exclusive with one another, 
It's one of the things that we reserve for our partner. It's one of the things that sets that relationship apart from other relationships in your life. And it's a pillar that can support more positivity in your relationship. There are so many studies about how if you are sexually connected and you are being intimate with your partner frequently, you're likely to then be more affectionate with your partner frequently. And if you're more affectionate with your partner, you're likely to want to have more sex. It's like this desire loop, but you've got to jump in somewhere. It doesn't just start on its own. And that's where responsive desire can come in. Sex in a relationship is really important. It's important for your health. I mean, even if you're not in a relationship, sex can be important. Sex is important. But given that this episode is about connection in love, keep in mind sex can boost your cognitive function and your immunity. It can lower stress. It can improve sleep. It can also help your bad headaches and it releases dopamine as well. And it's something fun you can do with your partner. I know that sex can become a bit of a chore and we are going to do a desire month over in the members only section soon, but physical touch is a big one and it's easy, particularly if you have kids to feel touched out at the end of the day and like you just have nothing left for your partner. But remember that desire loop and just trying to jump in somewhere so you can begin that with more physical touch, the longer hugs and whatnot, holding hands, all of that sort of stuff, reaching out and holding their hand even when you're driving. It's the stuff that you do at the start of a relationship that can keep that spark going from what I understand. Number five, do something fun and risky. Right, So the risky part is important because adrenaline impacts bonding positively. If you do something that is adrenaline inducing, something a little bit risky, a little bit dangerous. Now, I'm not talking about like gambling your house away or anything in terms of risk, but safe risk, you know, Um, going to a theme park and going on a ride that is designed to give you that adrenaline rush. It could be going on a bike, a motorbike, a boat. Um, Also, exercise elevates your heart rate and mimics adrenaline as well. There have been studies that prove when you complete an adrenaline-inducing or heart rate-inducing activity with a person, you can feel more bonded to them in a stronger way. And it also increases how attractive you find them and how attractive they find you as well. So maybe, you know, this could be your, your cue to book an outing where you're going to a theme park, to book an adrenaline inducing adventure. And we all have different levels of what that can look like. This could be your sign that it's time to book in for something fun and silly that's going to get your heart rate up. Maybe your adrenaline inducing activity is just roller skating Fun is so important and often we conflate enjoyment or pleasure or niceness with fun. But fun is frivolous. Fun is when you're doing something purely for the purpose of laughing and smiling. Fun is not just having a bath that's nice or reading a pleasant book. Fun is when you're smiling and you're laughing and you're in the moment. 
So have a little bit of a brainstorm with your partner. What are the things that you're doing together that are fun? Book some in. Breaking routine can help you feel more connected as well. Again, because routine is the familiar. And when things are too familiar, they feel safe and stable, which is something we crave. And this is like the paradox of relationship, right? Because we crave that stability and that security. But then when we get it, it can be a bit boring. So we have to purposefully do things to keep it fun and exciting. So breaking routine, eating dinner in a different spot, going to a different place for your coffees, um, whatever a break in routine is for you, try and engage in that together. Planning a date or a weekend away is a no brainer. That's probably the the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about, when we think about how to stay connected with our partner. But I think it's really nice if you can plan a date or a getaway for your partner completely on your own, like really taking the wheel and planning something to surprise them. And again, that element of surprise, um, it can bring about desire. It increases our excitement. It's a break from the norm. And you also feel so special if someone plans something for you. And feeling special helps with your connection as well. Feeling important to the person that you're doing life with. Which brings me to the next point. Expressing gratitude frequently which I guess is also linked to politeness, which we talked about up top. But say thank you to your partner. Notice the things they do. Tell them when you feel good. Tell them when they look hot. Tell them when you appreciate them, when you notice everything that they're doing for you. And maybe it is actually telling them with words, particularly if their love language is words of affirmation. Maybe it's telling them with a kiss. Maybe it's telling them with a thoughtful gift. Um... If you haven't taken the love languages test, the quiz, it's an online quiz for free that Dr. Gary Chapman has done. And I've actually recorded an episode with him years ago now, which I can link to in the show notes. But understanding each other's love language can help you to stay connected as well. But expressing gratitude frequently, not just on the special occasions, it it makes a big difference. Having each other's back as well, I think a lot of disconnection can come from feeling unsupported by your person and unsupported can mean a myriad of things. Unsupported can mean that you wake up and you feel like you no longer have a teammate or perhaps you never had one at all, but you wake up and you feel like you don't have that scaffolding in life, like someone who sees everything that you do, who understands you, appreciates you, wants to help you that can be incredibly lonely and there's nothing worse than feeling lonely in a relationship. Have each other's back. That could mean that in a social setting, if you know that your partner gets social anxiety, you support them and you look after them by bringing them into the fold in a way that you know makes them feel good. Um, You know, if your partner doesn't like it when you make jokes about them at their expense in front of other people, don't do it. We have to be our partner's support, not their, um, not the person that tears them down. And it's such a simple point, but just reflecting on how can you support them and how do they support you? I think technology free time as well as another point is a big one. 
When I recently asked on Instagram for your tips, this one came through a lot. It's just like, put your phone down. Never before in history have we been able to connect with people through our phone so easily. You can fire up your phone and in a second, you can be looking at other people's lives. You can be talking with other people. And that means you're taking yourself out of the room that you're literally in and going somewhere else in your phone or you're bringing other people into the room that you're in, which can dilute the connection you have with your partner. So tech-free time, whether that's at meal times, it means you're putting the phones away or having a tech-free bedroom, turning your phone on flight mode. Um, I can get in the really bad habit of using our driving time to get work tasks done, to reply to emails, to be on Instagram, all of that stuff. But when I'm doing that, sometimes I'll catch myself and think, oh, it's kind of an asshole move to be doing this because... Brendan is held captive to driving. He's focused. I know a lot of the time, I mean, probably all the time, he doesn't really mind and he's probably grateful for the silence. But I realize I've transported myself somewhere else. And it is actually an opportunity to talk and connect and be present. And whilst I won't do it every single time, just being aware of it is really, really helpful. Tech free time, especially at bedtime. If one of you is likely to watch the iPad, watch Netflix on the iPad, or if you've got a TV in your room, you might be missing out on that end of day debriefing or that opportunity to be intimate and to connect. And intimacy, yes, can mean sex, but intimacy can just mean talking and touching and being present for each other. And sometimes technology takes us away from that. Um, The other thing that I had written down here is that ritual and in-jokes can be powerful. When we think about the important people in our life, often we will think of the rituals that we did with them. You know, I think about my grandparents and the rituals that I had with them, such as the things that I'd have for breakfast when I slept over or that every year for my whole childhood, my grandfather would take us to the exhibition rituals are important. So what are the rituals that you have in your relationship and your tradition as well? But you will likely have daily rituals that you just forget to even notice, but taking a moment to honor them and keep them going is important. Like maybe when you first got together, you started having family date night on a Friday night and then two years into it, you realize, oh, we haven't really been honoring that or keeping it sacred you know, you things, life gets in the way and one person's off doing work at that time while the other person's catching up on the dishes. And it's like, no, 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 no. Rituals are important. Let's bring back the focus on this. Maybe it's having that one technology-free breakfast a week where you really sit down and purposefully connect with your romantic partner. Maybe you have like waffles Sunday or like pancake Friday or whatever it is But it's like, this is important to us. We honor this ritual, we commit to it, and we keep it a little bit sacred. Having your in-jokes as well is really nice. Like, don't underestimate the power of those little in-jokes, the eye contact. Um, That's when the familiarity stuff is really, really fun and adds to desire rather than taking it away. So I'll wrap this episode up here. 
but I'll also share with you a few books that I think are really important on this topic because as I said, I'm not the expert, but I am always trying to learn and better myself and I'm always reading about it because I want to understand what's happening and what is within my control and what isn't. So I've shared this book before, but The Course of Love by Elaine de Botton, brilliant book, must read book if you are in a relationship or ever want to be. Any books by John or Julie Gottman are great as well. Eight Dates is the one I mentioned earlier. Books by Esther Perel. She's got Mating in Captivity and also State of Affairs. Mating in Captivity, I think, is an absolutely brilliant read, again, for anyone um, who ever wants to be in a relationship. And there's another book um, called We Accept the Love We Think We Deserve. Stand by. I'm just going to pull up my book app on my phone to make sure that I got the name of that one right. Because um, I'd hate to give you a bum steer there and tell you the wrong wrong one. So stand by while I find it. I will likely find other ones as well as we're going through here. Because I, I tend to go through stages where I'll read a lot of relationship books. Attached is great as well if you're looking for something that explains attachment theory. Um, Stand by. The All or Nothing Marriage is a great book as well. Intimate Communion by David Data is another one I really, really enjoyed. Still trying to find that first one I told you about. Must have been a while ago. Oh, Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks. An absolutely brilliant read or listen if you prefer the audiobooks as well. So those are a couple of relationship book recommendations if you're so inclined. If you liked this episode, let me know. If you have other top tips for staying connected with your loved one, let me know. I'd love, love, love to hear from you. You can slide into my DMs or leave a comment over on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you share it with someone that you think would enjoy it, whether you forward it on to a loved one or you pop it up on your own Instagram story and tag me. Either way, I super appreciate it. And I look forward to speaking with you very, very soon. This is what I want. This is what I need. Don't have to go, I can set you free Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me Whisper in the dark, whispers in the dark You come to play, don't you? Looking for something new I got a lot underneath, tricks up my Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.